0: welcome back to bible braced we are in bible study lesson 29 in our verse-by-verse study through the gospel of john if you have not listened to our intro to bible study lesson and lessons 1 through 28. I encourage you to go back and do that. It will help you to know what we're talking about and all the background we've gone over. We have spent quite a bit of time building a foundation for the Gospel of John. We've gone into other Gospels. We've gone into other books of the Bible. We want to make sure our understanding of this is thorough and We are building upon these concepts as we go along, so I encourage you to go back and listen through the other episodes so that we're all on the same page, literally, (laughs) and uh, then you can come back and and tune into Lesson 29 and do this with us together. So it's such a blessing to go to God's Word together. I tell you, I say this all the time on the podcast as well as in our Bible study lessons together, but... It is a blessing to have an intentional time every week that I'm sitting down and preparing to teach the word because there's nothing like being able to study these things as a teacher to really help you understand them better yourselves. And I want to encourage you, sometimes it's a little Bible study hack, you know, if you're not really sure how to formulate your thoughts or how to organize your study, if you're approaching it. Hey, if I was going to teach this to somebody, how would I go about this? How would I understand the context? How would I go into really getting the meaning so I'm teaching accurately? I think a lot of times we are lazy with how we approach things for our own personal study that we would be much more intentional about if we knew we were the one teaching someone else what this passage says. Wow. I don't know if you guys can hear that or not, but there's a plane flying super low. (laughs) over this house. That was really loud. Okay. There's also a guy mowing. So I apologize for background sound. I cannot wait for him to stop mowing because I live in the Midwest and it is starting to be spring and there will be people mowing forever and eternity. <laughs> we just have to embrace it. All right. So let's just remind ourselves a little bit about what we've been studying the last couple weeks. We've been in John 4 the woman at the well. We've been learning about the Samaritans, their culture, their understanding of God and his word, their understanding of the Messiah. And that was kind of neat to get into a little bit. We've gone over the conversation Jesus had with the Samaritan woman, his love for her, the way he intentionally seeks her out and draws her to himself. We've gone over the disciples and their response when they come back and that the entire town is now coming out to meet them and that Jesus is exhorting them to be actually reaping this harvest that they have not sown, but he is sending them in to rejoice with him as they reap this spiritual harvest. And that's exciting to think about. Jesus really calling the first missionaries as they are reaching out to a different culture, a different nation, really a different people group, different ethnic group, completely different religious beliefs. And he's pushing them to lay aside barriers and things that would easily distract us from the gospel and the purity of that. And he's sending them instead to intentionally engage with these people out of love for their souls and out of obedience to God. And it's really sweet to see that intentionality that Jesus has in his heart for these lost people. And as I was kind of going over my notes from last week, and I was in my digital version of my Lexham English Bible, I actually stumbled across a note that I wrote into this text and I had labeled it 2016, I was able to hear Chris Anderson speak on this passage. If you don't know Chris Anderson, he writes a lot of modern hymns. His Robes for Mine is one of his songs he's written. It's just on the top of my head. I can't think of, I mean, there are a lot. You recognize a lot of his music. And he was a pastor in Georgia, I believe, at this period of time when I heard him speak. And he's now involved in another organization, a missions organization. But he is a really good speaker. So uh, if you're interested in some good teaching, maybe look him up and watch some videos of him or something. But I had a chance to hear him speak in person at this conference I went to in 2016. And he taught on this subject. And if I remember correctly, he had come out with a book about how Jesus satisfies around the same period of time. In fact, let me double check that real quick before I tell you something wrong. Yes. So Chris Anderson wrote the book, the god who satisfies and he goes really in depth into the woman at the well i read this book years ago and i remember it being very good but i don't remember much else about it i probably should read it again but it's about this specific passage and in his message that i got to hear him speak about this i had taken an actually a pretty big note and so i'm just going to read this to you real quick This is, again, from Chris Anderson's message in 2016 that I heard him speak. He says, God seeks sinners. He always has, but now does it through Christ. The woman is surprised and resistant to his pursuit, but he continues in it. An evil, immoral woman, but we are all this way. He goes on divine appointment. In verse 4, he had to pass through. He passes through ethnic, cultural, social, and gender barriers. This woman was an outcast among the Samaritans, as low as you can get. But Jesus wants her. John 3 directly precedes this, and it's incredible to ponder Nicodemus versus this woman. It's neat because we've been talking about this in our study, just the contrast between the two of them, and I guess maybe subconsciously I was going off of Chris's notes. (laughs) So different in the eyes of man, but both desperately lost and treated the same and loved by Jesus. Jesus saves sinners. The water of the Spirit hydrates and revives our thirsty soul. He uses earthly pictures to point to heaven. In verse 10, he brings her sin to light, not to condemn, but to reveal and convict and bring her to himself. Jesus satisfies sinners. He doesn't say his waters will wash away sin, although it will cleanse. He offers to quench her spiritual thirst. He offers to satisfy her parched soul. She doesn't only need forgiveness, but also satisfaction. She has been divorced five times, most likely left by her husbands. Now the guy she's with won't even marry her, and she's so thirsty. Verse 13, we will always, always thirst again. We are built to be thirsty for God. We are made that way. Just like in Ecclesiastes, where Solomon finally realized at the end that the end is to serve God. He's all that can satisfy. Am I living satisfied by him? Or am I trying to drink from dry, broken cisterns? John seven thirty seven, Jesus loudly tells all who would hear that he is there for them to partake of. He doesn't give us something like a third party. He gives us himself. Let's go to that passage real quick. John seven 37. We'll get there eventually in our study, but I want to read it since I'm referencing it in this note. John seven thirty seven says on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Wow. That was really amazing. Jesus is very much calling out to people in this passage. Isaiah 55 1 all who are thirsty come to the stream buy without money and without price why do you spend money for what will not satisfy delight in me I am what you need let's go to Isaiah 55 1 real quick come everyone who thirsts come to the waters and he who has no money come buy and eat Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? This is really interesting. That's Isaiah 55, 1 and 2. And then lastly, Revelation twenty-two seventeen says, The spirit and the bride say, Come. Let him that is thirsty come and take the water freely. It's interesting to see all these passages that scripture has that deal with the satisfaction of this water, this ultimate spiritual quenching water that takes away our, our thirst, that takes away our total ravenous heart, really, that's just always seeking the next thing. It's always desiring satisfaction and not finding it and the things that stuffs down into our soul. And I think this is just a, such a good reminder for me, that Jesus really satisfies and not just giving lip service to that, but that there's a way to actually live in satisfaction in a relationship with Jesus. Obviously, there's such a big aspect of our relationship with God that's already not yet, right? (laughs) Because even though we have the spirit and the spirit is so important for our walk and for our communion with the, with the Father and with the Son and with the Spirit, it's so important for our communion with God. It's so important for convicting and encouraging and speaking truth to our hearts and illuminating scripture and all these things that the Spirit does in our life, right? Regenerating us, making us more like Jesus. We've been studying this quite a bit on the podcast side of it as we went through the Trinity. So I encourage you, if you miss those episodes, to go back and listen to the two part we did on the Holy Spirit, because it's definitely something we don't think about enough, I think. Just what God has done and and the different members of the Trinity, how they interact with us and how they encourage us and, and have redeemed us and how they interact with us daily. It's really a blessing as God, the father, God, the son, and God, the Holy spirit, the three in one God. But, you know, sometimes we just feel like, okay, we don't get any satisfaction on earth. It's all waiting for heaven. And this is just like a long desert period. And that's not true because we can have relationship. That plane is back. We can have relationship, we can have absolute joy and satisfaction and peace with the Father, with the Son, with the Spirit. We can enjoy this relationship that God has given us while we're on earth, while we're in a sinful body. But ultimately, we do have unfulfilled longings because Jesus is not here with us, right? As the bride of Christ, we long for his return. And as those who are still struggling with the flesh, we long to, we groan, as scripture says, to be released from this. And that's okay. You know, I think that there's peace and joy that comes from acknowledging that, that we are not going to completely experience God on earth. We're waiting for that final fulfillment. As his bride and just like a earthly bride would be not satisfied if her husband was in a different country, even if she got wonderful letters from him, you know, and and was in communication with him frequently, she wants him with her. And this, we've talked about this in the podcast before, but I think this concept of unfulfilled longings is covered really well by an episode from Joyful Journey podcast, which is a ministry out of Faith Lafayette Biblical Counseling Ministry. It's an incredible ministry. We go there for biblical counseling every year. And one of the resources that they've created is a podcast for women called Joyful Journey. And one of the episodes that has been such a blessing in my life, and I've heard Jana Oakwin, who speaks on the podcast, I've heard her speak to this in person too. And that's why I found the podcast episode, because I knew it was one I was going to need to keep revisiting. And I have, (laughs) but I'll share that in the show notes, that episode where she talks about that example of unfulfilled longings. And, you know, there's peace that comes from acknowledging that, that we are not going to be fully satisfied while on earth. But what a beautiful thing that Jesus does satisfy us and that there is joy and there is peace and there is belonging and validation, confirmation. There is identity in Christ. And when we really focus on our own attributes, our own successes, what we're able to accomplish or, or what we failed in accomplishing. If we're focusing on ourselves and our relationship with God or with others, we're always going to come up short, right? We're either going to be filled with pride and an inflated view of self that is not rational, that does not take into account the impact others have had in our lives, the grace of God, the gifting we were born with, et cetera. <laughs> or we're on the other side of that, where we're constantly thinking about ourselves and we constantly thinking of how we fall short. And how we've failed, and living with the regrets of the past, and I think that both ways, I think from scripture we see our pride. It's a view that is focusing on self, and there is great freedom that comes from embracing who God is, embracing who we are as sinners, and recognizing that we have been redeemed from that. And instead of focusing on ourselves constantly, whether we've succeeded or failed. We're focusing on Jesus and what he's done and his work. And that's where we find joy and satisfaction and belonging and confidence and identity. It's not in what we can accomplish. It's what he's done for us. And that's where we get it. So praise God for that. This episode has been a little bit unusual just as we kind of reflect on what we've been learning, but I don't want to walk away from this woman at the well without learning as much as we can in this context and how this applies to us today. You know, Jesus satisfies and so much of the heart of God has been seen in these passages. And so taking an episode to reflect on that and to really soak in it, I think is appropriate. And so I hope it's been a blessing to you today. I hope that God has pointed things out in your life that you need to surrender and to repent of ways that maybe you need to worship God more appropriately, more fully, and that you will go out today, not focused on yourself, your successes or your shortcomings, but instead focused on this wonderful God who loves us and has saved us and that we can trust him for these things that are happening to us. We can trust him for the future and that ultimately he is amazing and he's worthy of our service and our praise. So I love you ladies. We'll be back in lesson 30.